Hi, welcome to Ask a Pastor. Today I'm joined by Joanne Adams. Joanne serves as part of our ministry team at our Wexford campus, uh, working with Life Stages Women's Ministry. Uh, welcome, Joanne. And uh, we are going to jump into some questions that uh, many of you have sent along. If you have questions that you would like to have us address, uh, please send them to askapastor at orchardhillchurch.com and we would be happy to address those in coming weeks as uh, we roll through the fall. So here's the first question, uh, and this question is about voting in elections, and it says this, uh, Joanne, as an American voter, is it more important to vote for allowing more freedoms for each of us or for candidates and ideas that seek to uphold Christian values? So how do you think about that or frame that in your own mind? So I think that the first thing is just important to vote. Mm -hmm that as we live in a democracy, so there are not many places where people have the freedom to vote. So I think the first thing is people have to vote, but you have to be prayerful when you vote. Just like everything else, you, you're in prayer about what you do. So as you go and vote for candidates, one, I think it is important that you look at their records and if those records match up to uh, biblical standards, uh, then that's how you decide who you're going to vote for. Now, I mean, there are so many candidates who say, I'm a Christian and I believe in this or I believe in that. And then when you look at their voting records, it's sometimes you wonder. Mm -hmm. So it always has to be bathed in prayer. And at the end of the day, the Lord's will is going to be done in the situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I think the question about do you vote freedoms versus views mm -hmm. is an interesting way to think about it. And it's actually a great question because it is saying in some ways preserving freedom allows mm -hmm. for the practice of Christian faith, right. which is significant while at the same time saying, or do I want somebody who trumpets or promotes Christian viewpoints in their policies. And I don't know that those two are mutually exclusive is what I would say. Hmm. Uh, meaning okay. I, I think you would want to say, I do want somebody who preserves freedoms. Right. And then there are certain key issues probably that, that having um, a Christian worldview on that particular issue is significant enough that, that, that it doesn't impinge on freedom uh, in terms of how that votes. But, right. but as a general approach in in Christianity, uh, I think it's dangerous when you start saying, I want everybody in America to prescribe to Christian values or mm. to live in a theocracy, mm -hmm. because then if the prevailing views are different than Christian views, then those views will be impinged on Christian faith. And that's right. where the idea of saying, I want to vote for freedom, right. for maintaining exactly. freedom makes sense over mm -hmm. just saying, I want somebody who has my views. But there are certain issues where, again, having a, a Christian worldview uh, to me would matter from right. a candidate that I would want to vote for. Right. But, exactly. but I love just saying, yeah, it's important to vote. Right. So, so thank you. Uh, here's mm -hmm. uh, questions. Uh, the, the next two questions really uh, fit together. And so we yeah. wanted to use these, even though they're different, uh, to allow for a longer conversation around the issue of salvation. So the first mm -hmm. one's on losing salvation. And maybe what I'll do is I'll just set up both of these and then we can talk about them together. Okay. Uh, so losing salvation. And then the second one was kind of tabbed, the sinner's prayer. Uh, so the first one says this, the Bible says we cannot lose our salvation. 
Um, I don't know that it actually says it in that many words. Uh, I understand the thought behind it, but mm -hmm. uh, just to say that. But does that mean that when a child around eight years old believes and then at age 20 says she does not believe, was she never saved to begin with? Or will God give her time to come back and not let her die denying God? But if we are saved, how can we deny God? So that comes back to was she never really saved or ever really saved? Why would God not let her see? If only through his will um, we can see him, why doesn't everyone, if it's his will, uh, that no one should perish? Uh, that's a question about election and um, some different things, which is tied in. You see why I say this is multi things at once. The, the next question deals with sinner's prayer. It says, I often hear the expression, taking a leap of faith, and reference to the sinner's prayer. If you're not familiar with that phrase, often in Christian circles, someone will say, you know, if you pray this prayer right now, if you believe in Jesus, pray this prayer called the sinner's prayer. Acknowledge you're a sinner to God, uh, that Jesus paid the price for you, that you come to faith in him through that moment, and that that's the doorway to faith. Again, not found in the Bible, the idea of a sinner's prayer uh, necessarily. It, it's hinted at believe in me, Jesus said on the cross, and this day you'll be with me in paradise. Uh, but uh, that's what's, what's being asked. It says, how do you know it's the right time to say this prayer and to make a proclamation? It seems as though I should feel something strong in my heart, my soul, my gut. I truly feel I can't do life on my own, and I do need Jesus. Often during services at Orchard Hill, I'm moved to tears through worship songs or the message that's being delivered that week. I feel God is heavily pursuing me, and I strongly want to believe. So why would I hesitate? I was not raised within church, and I, and I was historically an evolutionist theory uh, believer until this last year or so when I really began to think it through from the origins perspective. At this point, I believe that God has created all things, but I continue to get hung up on the virgin birth, whether Jesus is the Son of God, that he was resurrected, and that faith in him promises eternal life. Yes, I realize my beliefs, hesitations can be confusing. If I believe that God can create all things, of course he can pull off a virgin birth. Despite my stronger faith and increasing knowledge on these specific topics, I am still hesitant to proclaim it and that, it, and that is very frustrating and I'm not entirely sure what's holding me back. My concern is this. I want to be honest and respectful. If I recite the sinner's prayer and ask Jesus into my heart, I want to be truly sure uh, that I truly know it's how I feel and I don't want to do it prematurely, i.e. take a leap of faith. What if I say the sinner's prayer and I don't feel any differently in my heart? Will that make me question it more and feel badly or false about myself because I'm expecting some feeling or sensation in my mind, body, and heart and take over a proclamation of faith? So a whole lot of issues here. We That's have <laughs> security of somebody who believes. Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, does God cause faith? When is faith enough? Uh, is sinner's prayer enough? How and when do I come to it? Um, how does that fit in yeah. with feelings, not feelings? So it's really a, a question, a couple of questions right. about how does salvation actually work. work in somebody's life? So, so why don't you take a first uh, swath at kind of okay. uh, responding to those things and then I'll jump in. Okay. So the first question was about a child who comes to faith at mm -hmm. an early age. Um, so I sort of personalize it. I came to faith at an early age. What I'll say is I accepted Jesus into mm -hmm. my heart as an early age, at an early age. But did I really understand mm -hmm. everything? I'm sure I didn't. 
uh, I grew up in a very legalistic mm. um, environment. And so it was, I was continually, as I got older, going back and say, oh, Lord, forgive me. I don't want to go to hell. So I was continually going back and say, please, Jesus, come into my heart. And I think as I matured, I began to more fully understand uh, that once you accept Christ, you have accepted him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, he, once you accepted him, he had already forgiven you. He'd already gone to the cross. So there was none of this going back and continuing to ask for mm-hmm. forgiveness, even though sin is serious and we do need to ask for forgiveness. It wasn't as if I was going to lose my salvation. Okay. I think that as we mature, and I think that's why it's so important that as children, we continue to pour God's word mm. into them because it's the more you pour into them, that Holy Spirit is residing there. So when you get to the place where you're questioning whether or not you know that that is the Holy Spirit speaking to you when you do something that's like, mm, and then you have the assurance mm-hmm. that you were saved. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So that's one part of it as a child. I, I think even um, in the scripture um, when the disciples didn't want the children to go to Jesus and he said, no, bring them to me. Mm-hmm. It's he wants us to come with that childlike faith. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of issues, as yeah. I said, that these questions raise. Yeah. Um, I, I think there are terms that have crept into Christianity mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily biblical terms mm-hmm. and they're an attempt to make things easier to understand like accept Jesus into yes. my heart pray the yes. sinner's prayer mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily biblical ideas that they're not anti-biblical right. I'm not saying that they're bad but I'm saying they sometimes add confusion yes uh, because in the Bible the issue is faith and it's always what is faith what right. is saving faith right. and it's about current faith so so our yes. our assurance is not I prayed a prayer 10, 15 years ago, or mm-hmm. somebody prayed a prayer, and now what does that mean? Right. It's about do they have faith today? Yes. And that is where our assurance comes from. So, mm-hmm. so in terms of losing salvation, mm-hmm. I don't think we lose salvation, but the Bible doesn't say because you prayed a prayer once years ago, That's or even you had active faith, you should feel confident. Right. It's what is your situation today? Right. So if somebody is saying, uh, like if I had a child who had prayed and then today was saying, I don't believe, mm-hmm. I would take their, their current state of saying they don't believe. I don't need to answer, are they, are they not based right. on the prayer or the faith that they had in the past. Right. I would say right now it appears they don't believe. Right. So I'm going to assume that that's where they are and, and deal with the current faith. So, but Kurt, why is it that we continue to go back to that? It's like uh, we continue to question yeah. Well, well, there's something in us that, that wants such complete assurance yes. that says, well, if I can mark down a date in which I prayed this prayer, and this was why I thought this mm-hmm. worked with sinner's prayer today, mm-hmm. the, the question around that, because some of what this person's saying is I want a dramatic moment where I cross the line of faith. And what I would say to the person who asked the question about the sinner's prayer, sounds like you're pretty far down the line of right. faith already yes. yeah, that exactly. maybe you've already crossed the line of faith and what you're doing now is you're starting to say well how do I have a feeling or how do I how do I give this kind of assurance and assurance should be tied to current faith not I prayed a prayer or I did something and mm-hmm. and 
I think the reason we like that, we being the church in general, yeah. is we like to simplify mm-hmm. and categorize. We like to be able to say in, out, in, out, and, mm. and point mm-hmm. to things and say, well, you prayed a prayer, you're in. Right. You didn't pray a prayer, you're out. And, and the Bible, I don't think, lets us have those categories. I think it, saving faith is more dynamic than that. Yeah. And, and, and certainly faith is, like, when do you need enough faith? Is it that you can answer all your questions, your doubts? Well, not well, really. Um, yeah. You know, you walk into a room, like I'm sitting in the beautiful chapel in our Wexford campus right now. And when I turn on the light switch, lights come on. Um, I have enough faith to believe lights come on when I turn a switch. I do not understand all the ways that the, that the electricity is conducted from a power plant somewhere through wires to this facility. Right. And then it creates, right. uh, there are people who can spend their whole life studying that stuff, understanding electricity, um, know way more about electricity than I'll ever know. And, and yet I can still have faith in electricity. And, and so there, faith doesn't always mean that I understand everything at a perfect level. Right. What it means is I have enough faith to, to act on it, to, to right. say, I'll turn on the light switch. And, and those two things are, are, are sometimes we, we, we don't think that through clearly enough. Yeah. And so we say, unless I can answer every question, I'm not going to turn on the light switch. Right. Rather than saying, I can take a step forward mm. in terms of faith um, right here and now. Yeah. So, so, Joanne, the, the question I'd, I'd, I'd want to follow up w- with you is, is if somebody comes to you um, and says, I thought I believed, now I'm not sure I believe, I'm struggling, how would you help that person navigate their own faith journey because I think that is a category where where somebody says I thought I believed I believe but now I'm not so sure okay. and and how does that work from a from a spiritual standpoint? yeah I, I think the the first thing is to just get them talking through what they believe mm-hmm. you know what is it that you believe and then what happened to make you doubt mm-hmm. and then really taking them back to the scripture that that really uh, forces them to take a look at God's word because I think that's what happened we start looking at what we did do mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. what it is that Christ has done for us mm-hmm. and that he's done that for us and that's all there is sometimes I think it is pretty simple and we want to make it more difficult than right. that well, and there is a category in the Bible, uh, apostasy, mm-hmm. which is taught in Hebrews and in some other places. And, and it's the idea of somebody who appeared to believe mm-hmm. and then doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are, there are those individuals who say, I did believe and now I don't believe. And, and again, I think if current faith is what we're looking yeah. at, rather than trying to say, were they or were they not genuine yes. believers, mm-hmm. it's better to say today, it appears as if you don't believe. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and to honor that, that path for somebody to say, yeah, that, that can be a legitimate path. Um, and, and so that's, a, that, that's an important category to recognize exists. Mm. And I think mm-hmm. the warnings in the Bible about that are to be taken seriously, that, that that's a possibility, even though I would say my Reformed faith would tell me that, that once you've come to faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus will preserve you mm-hmm. god will preserve you in that faith yeah. um what's hard is that doesn't always match our experience and that's mm. why that that that's hard to say i up. affirm this and yet at the same time i affirm that there are people who who appeared to believe and then walked mm-hmm. away 
from faith. Um, to, to the friend who, who would write this, uh, this you know, kind of, I want to take a step of faith, I'm not sure. Um, the, the, the one pastoral piece of wisdom I would give is to say, when you believe, you, you, you take hundreds of little steps, more than mm-hmm. one big step of faith, generally speaking. And, and I would say it's, it's similar to somebody deciding to propose to somebody else for marriage. Mm-hmm. And that is, when did you decide? Well, you decided after the first date, after the second date, a hundred times mm-hmm. to continue pursuing the relationship before you said, this is the person I want to marry. Right. And then one day you said, I'm going to propose to this person. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you take a step and then you go before your friends and family and you, you pronounce your love to one another. And coming to faith is a little bit more like that than, mm-hmm. than this big epiphany moment. I, I, certainly God can give somebody an epiphany moment. He did with, with Paul in the Damascus Road. Right. Yeah. But, but more often than not, it's, it's hundreds of moments mm-hmm. of, I think I believe this. Maybe I believe this. Mm-hmm. Uh, this could be true. What if this is true? And then all of a sudden you say, I think this is true. Yeah. And the implications become big and, and your final step might be something as dramatic as saying, I'm going to bow down and pray the sinner's prayer. Or it might just simply be, you know what? I have come to believe this and embrace this, and this is true. Um, And and yes, there's probably something good about having a moment where you say, I I came to believe this, and I recognize Mm -hmm. it, and I identify this as as part of my story, um, because it gives you something to look back at. But Mm -hmm. I don't know that it's completely necessary for the journey of faith Mm -hmm. either, because a lot of people, I think, one of the great ironies was, uh, I think it was Billy Graham's wife never had a moment she could point to. And yeah. for those of you who are older, uh, Billy Graham was this, or younger, Billy Graham was an evangelist who traveled around and, and he would always, mm. always say, and make sure today, you know, and he was the one who popularized the notion of the sinner's prayer. Come forward, mm. pray this exact prayer, then, then you are, mm-hmm. are a Christian. Right. And a great irony is his wife could never say, here's when I trusted Jesus. And and Billy would always say, here's how you trust. Do you trust on this day? Write it down. Now you know. And she's like, I don't know when I came to faith. And and so it's much more dynamic than we give it credit for. Well, it's interesting. The um, writer of one of the questions says that, you know, I I trust um, God. I've been going to studies, but I don't feel, I don't feel Mm -hmm. anything. And I think that's an interesting um, thing because the the writer also says I come to Orchard Hill and I hear the worship mu- uh, music or the teaching yeah, yeah and I move to tears yet I don't want to say the prayer if it's not real and what I'd say to that person is that um, we are made in the image of God and we have feelings but you can't depend on those feelings all the time because sometimes you feel good and then sometimes you feel bad sometimes you leave the church after feeling worshipful and you get in your car and you run into a slow driver and then you forget all about that (laughs) Um, but so it really is that going to the Lord in prayer yeah. And being honest about, hey, I just don't, uh, I'm not feeling it today. Well, and this individual said, I'm afraid I don't have feelings. Mm. And then said, but I have feelings. Yeah, right. And, 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 so, and so sometimes we're looking maybe for something grander 
when you have had feelings. Exactly. You have had moments of aha and intellect that have connected mm -hmm. the dots. And that's why I would say you're probably closer to or have already crossed that, that exactly. line of faith. Mm -hmm. And maybe now it's just naming it and saying, I actually right. did believe. I don't know exactly where, but somewhere back in here, I, he I crossed this line. And if, if it helps you to say, okay, today's my day, right. then do that and say and acknowledge what's already right. true. And, I, and that's why I say it would be like deciding to marry somebody. Yeah. You, you know, yeah, you decided at some point in time you were going to do it, but yeah. you had already decided it yeah. by the time Just you actually dragging, decided. dragging your feet a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> Some people do that with marriage, I'm told, where they just wait and wait to, to make a proposal. Um, the, the, the one other j just piece of this is, is, is when the person just, again, asked about their 8-year-old and the 20-year-old who doesn't believe. The thing that we want so often is to tie a bow around salvation and be able to, to say in, out, in, out, for ourselves and for everybody else. And I think one of the ways God designed it is that the only person we really know about is ourselves. Right. Uh, um, that's so important. And, and because otherwise we would be so filled with judgment and pride to be able to say, well, I know. And, yeah. and, and sometimes people try out beliefs mm -hmm. verbally that they don't even believe internally. And, and what I mean right. by this is, is sometimes what, what any of us do is we just start talking and, you know, mm -hmm. it might be the coming football season. You know, I think the Steelers are going to be this. And, and, and we start to talk. And the next thing you know, you're saying something that you may not even believe, but you're trying it out. Mm -hmm. And that happens with faith, too. Sometimes mm -hmm. people will say, well, I don't believe this or I don't believe that or I believe it. And and they're trying it out to see how it feels mm -hmm. on them when they when they try a belief system. And what I mean by that is sometimes what somebody says doesn't even match what they actually believe. And, mm. and so mm -hmm. even that, and, and that's why I say it's hard to even look out and say, oh, they're, a, they're this, they're that. Mm -hmm. it, it, you have to know the heart. Right. And, and certainly fruit tells over time, but, but the only people who know our own hearts are us. Yeah. And so the possibility of faking that, and not even intentionally faking it, like I don't mean that negatively, yeah. but, but believing something yeah. to be true that isn't even entirely yeah. true. And I think oftentimes people we love we don't want them to um, miss out on heaven. Yeah. So we're always like, oh, I'm not sure if when she was that young, yeah. she really, you know, so we're always um, forgetting that we don't make the decisions. Mm -hmm. It's individual decision, and we forget that, but I think it's because sometimes it is because of our love for yeah. other people. Well, and then we take the weight, and this yeah. goes to the question about if God draws who he wants. Yes. Yeah. We try to take the weight, we, and the mm -hmm. good thing of saying God's in charge of that right. is then you say, look, my job is to, is to tell about it, tell about the hope in me. It's between them and God yeah. how they ultimately respond exactly. to that invitation. Well, Joanne, thank you. Uh, thank you for uh, spending part of your day with Ask a Pastor. If you have questions, send them to askapastor at orchardhillchurch.com.